0: Hey Google, who invented the electric toaster?
1: According to Hagley Museum and Library, the first electric toaster was invented in 1893 by Alan McMasters in Scotland. He called the device the Eclipse toaster, and it was manufactured and marketed in Britain by the Crompton Company.
0: How certain are you of that?
1: I'm not sure. If it seems wrong feel free to send feedback.
0: Okay, there's a button here, send feedback, I'm pressing it. I think this isn't true. Send. Thank you for your feedback. Hey, Google, what do you mean you're not sure? Is it wrong or is it right?
1: I only use my powers for good.
0: Well, not so good in this case. The persona Alan McMasters was the invention of a group of English university students back in 2011. They created a phony Wikipedia article, uploaded a dodgy photoshopped portrait, and it stayed up for around 10 years. It was deleted in July, but a search today still credits him with inventing the toaster. His photo pops up on the right side of the screen, above a blurb, and the first seven search results corroborate the story. The story was so successful that in 2019, the Bank of England shortlisted McMaster's to be the face of the £50 note. The first of the criteria they used to create the shortlist was that the character had to be a real person. In the lead up to the 2014 Scottish referendum for independence from Britain, news sites credited McMaster's as one of the country's greatest inventors. Culprits included news.com.au, Business Insider, The Independent, The Scotsman, Metro and The Times. These are some of Britain and Australia's largest news publications. The Scottish government website scotland.org even has an article on him. He's listed seventh on a page about Scottish inventors. Hey Google, what's your fact-checking procedure?
1: Here's what I found.
0: Fact checking for reporting, journalism, school, a Wikipedia article about fact checking generally. Okay. There's nothing here published by Google, or as far as I can tell, even about Google. Okay. So the article about Alan McMaster's didn't inspire Scots to rise up and vote for independence from Britain. Although one could argue that it might have had the opposite effect. Perhaps this bizarre campaign of toaster celebration led enough Scots to think that if this really was a cultural highlight, then maybe the country wasn't ready for independence and it flipped the vote in favour of a united Britain. But there are plenty of situations where Google reporting fake facts can cause real-world harm.
1: There was a case a couple of months ago, actually, when you asked Google, someone's having a seizure, now what? And the answer was, hold them down, put something in their mouth, all these things. It was coming from a hospital, so it looked authoritative. But what actually had happened was that hospital website had said, do not... Hold the person down. Do not. And they had, and the algorithm had not extracted the do not. Oh, God. My name is Heather Ford. I study how people use technology, so the social and ethical implications of technology. I am an associate professor and head of discipline for digital and social media at the School of Communications at UCS. I've been watching Google's feedback mechanism for the knowledge panel for a decade since it was first started, and the changes they've made have been minuscule and do not really get you anywhere. You can give them feedback if you think something's wrong, but when you ask how the feedback's used, they say, we can't really tell you how the feedback's used, and we won't tell you whether your feedback has been taken into consideration. Sometimes they do in that case. Of the seizure because it's very bad luck, right? But in many cases, there's no way that they're going to be changing it. Mm. Public service media, broadcast media, radio, we have very good public mechanisms for people to feedback and to have some kind of public response. And there's absolutely none for these platforms.
0: I looked up was Australia colonized or invaded? and Google told me...
1: According to working with Indigenous Australians, from 1788, Australia was treated by the British as a colony of settlement, not of conquest.
0: And I was like, okay, that's interesting and sounds factual, but, I mean, what did the Aboriginal people think?
1: Exactly. From whose perspective is always the interesting question to ask there.
0: Yeah, they'd taken it from a website which had put that statement into context and was saying, this is how the British saw it. Clearly this wasn't the case.
1: This is classic knowledge graph problem because what it does is divorce the facts from the context and the context in many cases is absolutely essential to the meaning. Every representational system is going to be inaccurate. The problem is that there is no way for us to actually get them to make any amendments. And that becomes really important when you see how dominant they are. Because if we had lots of different platforms giving different answers, you know, it wouldn't be as important. But now when Wikipedia, English Wikipedia in particular, makes a mistake or Google makes a mistake, you know, billions of people are going to be watching that. Wikipedia is no longer just prioritised in search engines like Google. It's actually been used as the single statement of truth for many of these other platforms.
0: And why should that concern us?
1: It should concern us because of the really dominant role that Wikipedia has in representing what seems to most of us to be the consensus truth about the world – And we can see this in the way that Wikipedia's statements are being prioritized in artificial intelligence engines like Google's knowledge panels. So when you ask a question, it will bring up a little fact box on the right-hand side of your page, which will be drawing facts specifically from Wikipedia. And those facts are also the statements that are provided when you ask your virtual assistant questions Virtual assistants are becoming really popular. 42% of Australians own a virtual assistant. It does mean that certain kinds of voices will be prioritized and also it means that there are some risks, especially when Wikipedia becomes more subject to vandalism by crowds. And in the past, vandalism really was by individuals who are messing around. Now we really are starting to see large-scale efforts to change history by crowds, and Wikipedia is not very good at handling that.
0: Another problem you point out in your book is that with Google knowledge panels, when we use smart speakers, when we ask our smart devices questions, we aren't told how the sausage was made, how that fact came to be, and we aren't told how confident they are in that fact, right? So I was wondering, should facts coming from smart speakers and Google and, and these sorts of sources be treated more like weather reports where you say, okay, well, we've got this sort of confidence level, but here are all these mitigating factors?
1: Yeah, we've just done a project on this at UCS with my colleagues from Transdisciplinary Innovation TD school. We asked the three smart assistants, the most popular ones, questions about 34 award winners of the Australian honours. Just tried to see what answers they gave. And what we've actually decided what would be most helpful is for them to reflect the certainty or uncertainty, as you say, of the claims that they're making. Reflect whether there is disagreement about those claims, because some claims are very volatile given the time or just the subject. They're very volatile, and so it's useful to know that when they're providing the claim. But also things that they absolutely are becoming really bad at doing, like just giving the source
0: Pretty basic.
1: Pretty basic, right? So contextual information that becomes really essential to the meaning for really understanding the inherent uncertainty, because you don't want to make them more accurate, because that's what they want to do. They want to be more accurate. Okay, we don't want, that's not the ultimate goal.
0: There's no pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, is there?
1: Uh, There isn't. And, And in fact, we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we help them become more accurate. No, what we need is um, them to reflect their own subjectivity. So that's things like, what is the source? How do they know that? You should be able to ask this assistant, how do you know that? Also, how certain they are. What's the level of certainty attached to that? I mean, this is quantitatively derived, right? The only reason why they don't tell us this is because it's simpler. But some statements, it would be very useful to know the volatility at least. They actually do this on Google now. When you search for something that's subject to a news event, they say trending. So there are heuristics that they could be using to, to place it in its context, but they're not doing that right now. But yeah, we are trying to work on... What would an ethical QA system look like? What information would they give if it was to be ethical? We don't wanna be in a situation where we have such incredibly powerful companies controlling what we know about the world or what we see as the consensus truth, what we think is the consensus truth about the world. So it's really, really important to solve this problem I mean, this is structural problems. This is problems of monopoly, actually. And even Wikipedia, sadly, is in the same bucket there. So these are structural problems that can only be solved by legislation, by anti-competition, by other kinds of laws that will break them up. What we could be doing in the meantime, because they will be broken up, there's no doubt in my mind, there's so much momentum around that, is we could be imagining what a really ethical system of question answering could look like. If you did want to build an ethical one, what would it look like? These are thought experiments where we try and say, okay, what could they do to build something more ethical that, that also sustains Wikipedia? Because one of the big problems with the way that Google and others work at the moment is that they're increasingly extracting facts into these machine learning powered knowledge graphs and removing Wikipedia as a citation or a source and that's leading to a dip in the number of people who visit Wikipedia, who edit Wikipedia and who donate to Wikipedia. Mm -hmm.
0: So who did invent the electric toaster? Here's what an ethical answer might sound like.
1: Frank Shaler of General Electric in 1909, according to a ConsumerReports.org article published 13 years ago, he submitted the patent for the first commercially successful electric toaster. Owners had to turn the bread by hand, so burned fingers were common. There are other credible reports of less commercially successful toasters around the time by the Pacific Electric Heating Company and simplex. Other earlier models could also be counted if you allow for debilitating mechanical faults. I was unable to find any credible opposition to this information."
0: There does seem to be some truth within the McMaster's myth. According to Invention and Technology magazine, a British firm, Crompton & Company, unveiled an electric toaster as early as 1893. Not much is known about that, but around the same time, Crompton also sold an electric space heater that used iron wires as heating elements. These had an unfortunate tendency to rust, melt and start fires, and Crompton's electric toaster may have had similar drawbacks. Moreover, electric power wasn't widely available. It's been over one month since I sent my feedback to Google, and I haven't heard anything they're still crediting the made-up Alan McMasters for inventing the toaster. Thanks to Heather Ford for coming on the program. Her book is called Writing the Revolution, Wikipedia and the Survival of Facts in the Digital Age. You've been listening to Think Digital Futures, heard around Australia on the Community Radio Network and supported by 2SER Radio and the University of Technology Sydney. This program is made in Sydney on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. You can listen to Think Digital Futures wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lawrence Bull. Thanks for listening.